Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the Scummy Mummies podcast. It's a Scummy Mummies podcast with me, Helen Thorne. And me, Ellie Gibson. And do you know what, Ellie? What? We've got Carrie Ann Lloyd here. Hello, Carrie Ann. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. That was all the fans cheering. Yes, yeah. it was. Scummy Mummies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, should, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm, I'm lazy. Oh, Go sure. on. Who are you? I'm Carrie Ann Lloyd. I'm, I'm sitting between you. Yes. <laughs> I am an actor, writer, comedian and improviser, which is too many things. It's too many, but it is, I do do... You're a creative type. You're a renaissance woman. I'm a renaissance woman. No, what I always say is like, if you're really successful, then you can just say, I'm a writer, because that's what you do. But if you're sort of okay at all things, you have to do more than one, don't you? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you don't really hear like a doctor going, I'm a doctor and also a postman and a butcher. (laughs) And and uh, I I write a blog about it. Yeah, and I fix cars and I collect coat hangers. I do Uh, creative stuff, basically. Yeah, Mm, And you've been on the telly? What have you been in on the telly? Don't make me... That's what people... That's what they want to know, That's what people want to know. When we did Ostentatious, I did a show called Ostentatious and a woman in the audience went, I know you, where from? (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh, um, oh, I have done TV. What? Come on then, what? Oh. <laughs> so aggressive. And I was like, oh, I've been, I was on QI. Yeah, that's it. Why didn't you just say that? I didn't need a little CV in your little yeah, back pocket going, I have also, done this. What yes. has happened, and me and my comedian friends talk about it, sometimes you say, oh, I was on QI, and they go, no, I haven't seen that, it's not that. And then you feel like such a dick of like the assumption, oh, you've seen me. I've been on QI. Have I got news for you? Peep show, murder and successful. Oh, I thought you for a minute there. I thought you were going to say murder she wrote, and I was going to be really <laughs> impressed. I was like, wow. QI Ellie not doesn't give a shit. No, yeah, no. murder. She, is murder she wrote still being made? I don't think it is. Is Angela Lansbury still alive? She well, is, is she? Is. she? Oh, yeah, I'm well, sure. we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> if your agent rang you up tomorrow and said, right, I've got you two gigs, but they're on the same day, you've got to choose QI or murder she wrote. What would you do? <laughs> Sandy Toxfig is in QI, so QI. Sorry. Oh. Come on, Sandy. What about QI or Diagnosis Murder? Oh, that is hard. <laughs> I love Van Dyke. Love oh. the Van Dyke. Did you ever see the one where um, it was a mime that did it? And at the end, they they did, they said it was a mime who'd done it. And she said, um, oh, we always thought she was a strong, silent type. <laughs> that was why she'd done murders. That's another level. To yeah. I think Murder She Wrote is fine, but Diagnosis Murder, that's tough. I would... 
so yes, so all of that, plus you do a podcast, I don't do you? do a podcast, yeah, I do a podcast called Griefcast, which is where I interview comedians about death and grief. Caveat, cheerier than it sounds. Because <laughs> whenever I tell people that, their face, their face is either, oh wow, that's interesting, or why would anyone do that? What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. So I have to be like, it's... So I talk to comedians about death. And so obviously comedians are good at making jokes when things are awkward. So they're very good when anything emotional happens of being like, this is sad, but here's some funny things that happened. Yeah. So it's like cheery, honest chats about death. Yeah, and the great thing about comedians is they have no shame. No shame. <laughs> uh, so they're not embarrassed to talk about, you know, their parents shitting themselves or weird noises or all those things. It's like, not only about parents shitting themselves. I know, I but, sh- <laughs> but, this, but these are the, these are, this is what your podcast is excellent, is because all those questions you're like... What happens when they die? Yeah, what does yeah. the body look like? How long does it take for the undertaker to get there? Yeah. What do you do with a dead body? Ellie and I had a very awkward chat the other day about the Irish who leave dead bodies in their house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they leave them in the house overnight. Yeah. Or like 48 hours, isn't it, or sometimes? Uh, yeah, so I was talking to Helen the other day, and I was saying, you know, my friend's dad died, and he's Irish, so yeah, they had him, you know, in the living room for a few days. Yeah. And she went... What, just sitting there? <laughs> like in an armchair? He said, no, like and they laid moved, out. They moved like, his arm to pretend he had tea. It's like weekend of burning. Yeah. Slipped all over him. <laughs> Kept giving him food. Oh, dear. Just, We're going to have a bit more grief chat yes. later, aren't we? Fun, Something to look forward grief to. Chat. Yeah, fun yes. grief chat. People come to me for fun grief chat. Um, but first, Carrie, tell us about your family. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. That was such a switch. Yeah. Um, so my house is my husband and my baby daughter. Mm-hmm. He's only five. Again, this is dyslexic. 15 months. I find it really hard. Past one, I'm struggling. And then my mum's down the road, basically. That's... Oh, does she do any babysitting? She does a lot of babysitting. Excellent. Then We only have useful. one grandparent, hence my massive grief chats all the time. So, yeah, my, aunt, my husband's parents are both dead and my dad is dead. That's why I do that podcast. So it's just so she has a lot of babysitting responsibilities. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so you how is motherhood going? How are you feeling about being a mom, a mother, a mother, a mom, a mama? I've got my mom jeans on. Yeah, so mom my belly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I'm still weird about it. Mm. Like 15 months in, I still like when you said family. But, uh, oh yeah, I'm, a, no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm young. I'm here. I'm yeah. cool. I'm cool. Yeah, I, I but obviously I love her. obviously yeah obs I love her. But yeah, I'm still getting my head. Like, I still wake up and think, who's that? Yeah. Does that, how, do you think? that fell out of my vagina. Yeah. Well, um, no, got cut open and taken out the sunroof. Oh, right. Yeah, it's yeah. glamorous. <laughs> and we still say to each other, we've got a daughter. Love. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of remember feeling like that, but I'm, I'm like six years and counting yeah, in now, yeah. so I can't remember this not being oh, my yeah. life. I'm like, what, did I... Did I went to Cambodia for three months ridiculous yeah, what was yeah. I thinking I've got a ch- no I didn't have a child but what what was I doing I'm in like the transitory period I'm in right. purgatory <laughs> you, you, you guys are already in hell yeah. I'm, in, I'm like transitioning Clearly, yes. over so you're yeah, I like, still remember you've it. taken the oar off the ferryman yeah, yeah. you just don't realise this is now your job yeah. for the next 400 years <laughs> yeah no it's good yeah and also a lot of my friends don't have like most of my friends don't have kids Right. So it's still a bit of a weird... I'm That's, still quite alone in, like, mm. I'm not surrounded by them at all. And if I tell stories, I'm like, oh, she did this, I get a blank, all oh, right. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah... It's weird. So, yeah, yeah, that's that weird transition. And, like, when you go to the pub and you're the only one with a kid and everyone's like, ugh. They just don't get any... Like, if you're like, oh, I still have my friends still go, oh, I'm so tired. 
to me and I get so cross about it and then or you know and you've shown too many pictures yeah and they're like alright yeah mm, that's great. what she looks like yeah <laughs> you're like no but can't you see how different she was in each one and like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got a few mum friends now, a few, but yeah, it's still new, still finding it. I find mum friends very hard. Oh. Should we uh, should we move on to the grief chat? Oh, yes, I think that. I mean, it's time. <laughs> That's what everyone's waiting for. Yes, we want, um, <laughs> we want uh, the lols, Ellie. We want... It's so much cheerier than it sounds. Yeah. It just sounds like I see people's faces, like, honestly... Like, listen, if you listen to some episodes, it's cheery. It I is. I, 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 can I speak on behalf of you? Can Helen I, can I, it. Can I de- death explain? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> can I grief explain? It is one of the most uplifting podcasts I've ever listened to because oh, it's, it's pe- talking about people's rawest emotions yeah, it's raw. and, and also about how much they love that person and how much they miss that person. But also death is awkward and weird and there's yeah. plenty and of... Funny. It's and funny. And really funny. There's so much stuff that happens that when you are... When someone is dying, you're, that you feel like, oh, I shouldn't laugh about that. Yeah. But if you meet people who've been through it, you secretly say, isn't it, it was quite funny when that happened. Yeah. And, and now I've just recorded all of that so people have to shamefully <laughs> I laughed at the funeral or I did this because it is funny this obviously it's also very sad yeah it's not like a rock it's not like we're just going <laughs> the funny thing about death yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but it's like being able to have an honest chat because that's what I felt like after so my dad died when I was 15 and I felt like everything I ever saw about grief or people talking about it was like you know the head tilt and then that tone of voice and then lots of pictures of beaches and footprints of what the film there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish oh, Barbara Hershey yeah. yeah and I just thought that's not what I recognise of re- grieving like it's mm. it's like it's a bit like what you guys do talking about motherhood of like you know like it's amazing but also hideous exactly the same time and mm. that's what grief is it's like it's everything wrapped up at the same time and you should be able to have a conversation when you're like oh yeah like I cried so much that like my voice, you know, I couldn't even hear myself. I was making this howling sound like an animal, but then I laughed because I thought that's a funny sound. Like you should be able to admit these mm. things without without everyone being like <gasps> they're talking about death. Yeah, and I think that's this is I always when I've listened to your podcast, I say, why aren't we teaching this in schools? How do you know, talk to someone who's just lost somebody, or yeah, how do you yeah. how do you bring it up, or how do you because people just naturally just want to close the door on it, especially if like that's too hard yeah. and they're too sad, and I'm gonna and people and it's weird because people naturally are very selfish, like oh, I'm gonna say something wrong or I'm gonna do something, yeah, and, and then doesn't don't become yeah, and then they yeah. don't do anything for the other person. I think people think it's catching as well. Yeah, it's like if you see someone grieving, you feel like. Ugh, I'm going to get it. I can't, I'm, I can't do sad today. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm going to get sad or I'm going to get grief or I'm going to die. Yeah. And you just remind them that they'll die. Mm. But again, I think it's really... I always talk about some, my podcast. It's so similar to becoming a mother. You know, the thing like when you become a mother, some people just can't talk to you and you think, I'm still... I'm still it's me. It's all right. I mean, I'm literally squeading milk in yeah, your face yeah, and my <laughs> vagina is open and bleeding. I'm, it's, it's still me. I'm still me. Yeah. It's like, just because someone I know and love has died, I can still laugh or want a beer or want to talk about it. Like, but if you get this bubble around you of like, don't go near them. Like, mm. they've got something. But I agree that they should, if we could just talk about it more, then I think people would be less embarrassed to speak to other people. And it should be taught in schools of like, just how to deal with it because most people when they when they encounter their first experience of grief and death have no idea like what how to book a funeral what happens with you know coroners or hospices they have no idea yeah like it's all gonna happen to us it's gonna happen to everybody 
everybody. Are you going to look yeah. after? Speak for yourself. I'm uh, pretty <laughs> confident with the advancements in medical technology going the way they are. I could have a good four or five thousand years left, ladies. So, yeah, you know, you're going to cyberhuman yourself. I might. Let's just say I've got a, a place in a freezer next to Walt Disney. <laughs> it's all going to be fine. It's all going to be fine. And um, but why did you start the podcast? Because so your dad died a while ago. What was it? Yeah. Made you think? So my dad died when I was fifteen, and. I honestly didn't talk about it. So I didn't have any counselling really or therapy till about a year ago. So I kind of, I would talk to people, but I was not processing it at all. And then I got pregnant and I got, started going to therapy. And I think what happened was like the door opened Mm. (laughs) and then I could not close it because it was like, and I'm someone who like, if there's a party, I'm an ex-goth. So I'm the girl in the bathroom talking to someone about someone they know that's died and before they know it they're crying and then I'm like oh sorry I've, that person's leaving because I talked to them about death <laughs> come like, on Carrie yeah, yeah like but like if you want an intense conversation I'm your gal like I'm not like I just I'm not so I had all the all my life I've had these very intense conversations with people and then because I'm a comic I was like I've had it with comics who, you know, who normally in a room full of comics, they're they're joking, laughing, but they're not with me. They're in the corner going, oh, yeah, and then my dad did this. And it's really awful. And I just thought, oh, I wonder if other people would be interested in these conversations. So I recorded four, and my daughter was two weeks late. And I literally was like, oh, well, I'll just put these out. I had nothing. I was so bored. I had nothing to do. And I just thought, well, I'll put them out, and no one will listen, but at least I've, you know, done it. And then as soon as they went out, I started getting emails, tweets, and... Just people going, oh my God, I've never talked about my grief. I've never heard people talk about grief before. Like, I hadn't realised I'd been grieving. I've never spoken to my wife about it. My family have never spoken about it. Like, just honestly, overwhelmed. Mm. I'm sure, similar to what you guys get, going, oh, that's my experience and no one's talking about it. And that made me think, oh shit, I've got to carry on. (laughs) (laughs) You've started something, come on. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, okay. So then I had her and then I thought oh okay I'll just I'll carry on and then I I, I enjoy it I enjoy talking to people about deep emotional pain (laughs) (laughs) I don't because I've been through it since I was 15 I'm just used to it Mm. so I don't have this I don't I had so much death in my life as a teenager that it's like I don't know what what were you into as teenagers you know like that thing you were like oh sure I've been talking this for you know I know this so Mm. like it's it's easy for me to talk about um and so how how have you found how have you found the guests for you like how do you actually go uh have you had someone who's died yeah it's really hard i feel like an ambulance checker (laughs) so if someone puts something on facebook honest to god they're like oh my god oh my god they died and they're like oh you know pretty sad day my so-and-so died and i think ooh, they'd be a good guest and then i think oh carrie let the body chill yeah yeah (laughs) so so first it's not like obviously I'm friends with comedians, so mm. the first couple were just sort of, like, people I knew that had talked to me about death, mm. and then, like, um, yeah, Adam Buxton was episode number one, and he had, I listened to his podcast religiously, and he was talking about his dad, and his dad dying, and the death, so I thought, oh, well, he's talking about it on his, perhaps mm. he wouldn't mind, so I just, I kind of knew him, so I just emailed him, and he said, are you a trained psychotherapist? And I was like, no. <laughs> no? No, I just thought it'd be fun. Not even an amateur psychotherapist. <laughs> <laughs> haven't even, don't even I can do books. chat. Yeah, yeah I, I can know chat. what that means. Yeah. So then, I think that really basically helped that Adam did one. So then the other comics were like, oh, if Adam's done it, and then, because if you have experienced it, to be honest with you, you kind of want to talk about it, because mm. no one lets you. 
So normally when I say to people, I do this podcast about death, they're like, oh my God, please, yes, I want to come on and and help people by talking about my experience. Mm. So yeah, it's just kind of gone from that. And now people do get in touch. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, and and they're t- like, oh, someone just died. Can I come on? Yeah. Like, sure. But you've had, I mean, you've had some really, I mean, it's all sad. It's all sad. But things that I find difficult to listen to is like if babies have died. Oh, and, yeah. And we had an episode about yeah. Yeah, Lou Conrad. Yeah. an amazing stand-up and she lost her... She lost her baby when she was five and a half months pregnant. Mm. And basically she went to the scan and it just wasn't, it wasn't mm. a viable birth as they would say. And her part, like her episode is, I found that fucking yeah. hard. Like, no, it's really sad. Cool. But she is so funny about that experience. I know that sounds awful and obviously it's a terrible, terrible thing to happen, but she has found a way to deal with it through humour. And mm. that is her way of dealing with it. Yeah. And you know, it happens, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't, it shouldn't be tucked away and shameful. No, and I think mm. I think one of the things I found really useful of your podcast is that you attach certain emotions which are okay about yeah, death. Yeah, but then there's 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 emotions you talk about about being angry, mm-hmm. and there's there's the Robert Webb episode especially where he talks about yeah he kind of milked his mother's death oh, to yeah. poor girls. Yeah. <laughs> but that's really. It's so common. Like, yeah, that's what, it's like, when it's like, oh, when my parent died, you know, suck my cock. Yeah. <laughs> but if it happens to you when you're a teenager, yeah. that's what I mean, you don't change. So he's a 17-year-old boy. He's trying to sleep with girls. Mm. It's just, like... And obviously, that doesn't mean you're not upset about yeah. what's happened to you. But, of course, if you're at a party and someone... I had it, someone's like, oh, you know... You, you as a teenager, you want to be mysterious and, like, mm. like, actually, my dad just died. So I kind of understand life. Like, that's... <laughs> I kind of get it in a way that no one here does. I've levelled up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so all this bullshit that's happening now, yeah. um, I, you know, I'm above it. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm just going to go and read some Buddhist texts. <laughs> now. I'm going to look at some Dali paintings and yeah. feel them on a different level. Mm. Um, but you talk about being in the club and also about... yeah, we call it the club to make it feel better because it is shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now it... we say we're in the club. And, and also about some like fundamental shifts about you know like when the phone rings you think someone's died yeah, like all yeah. that sort of and I think if anyone hasn't experienced grief it's a really sensitive way of kind of exploring that because you think oh what's up with them or you you just don't know yeah. what they've what they've got going on yeah because obviously not you know people go through it I just happen to go through it very early yeah so I, I'm now experienced at it in a mm. way that most people don't get till they're older. But if you haven't experienced it, of course you don't know what to say. Of course you don't. Like, so if you listen to the podcast, there's lots of people, I always say to them, what do you wish had happened? And often it's like, I just wish my friends had talked about it or asked. Just And the big thing is everyone asks for six months, but they stop after about a year. No, you need to keep going for five years. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then to be honest, like I'm coming up to 20 years and friends still say, oh, you know, you're okay. like, you, if you're in the club, you get it. Mm. That it, that pain doesn't ever disappear mm. ever. So it's like nice when people remember that that thing happened to you. Yeah. Um, and I know you said you you've just had therapy quite recently. Yeah. yeah. Long time after. Do you, do you kind of wish you had done it sooner after your dad's death? Yeah. So I talk about this a lot. So I was 15, which means that I was given child therapy because I wasn't. If I'd been 16, they would have classed me as an adult. So it's a really hard time. That's what me and Robert Webb were talking about. And um, Sam Bain, who's uh, who wrote Peep Shows on next week's one, I think, and um, he was ten. And so it's this thing when you're a kid and you're sort of a kid, but you're not quite an adult. Like, so I was sent to like I'm not joking, colouring pencils, doll's house. We sat on tiny chairs, and I was fifteen. So I just was like, I don't belong here. And she knew I didn't belong here. So 
it's better now. There are more charities. But yeah, I definitely wish, I definitely wish someone had just bothered to talk to me as a teenager and no one knew what to do with me. They were mm. like, she, we can't make her do drawings, but equally we can't ask her to go into... We can't just give her drugs. Yes. Is that what teenagers <laughs> like? I don't know. Get some video games, Ian. Get some video games. Is that what they do, these teenagers? <laughs> yeah, there's no iPhones. So yeah. it's just a grief for me. And there's now an amazing charity called um, Child Bereavement UK. And they, like, um, I met the woman who set it up, um, who wrote an amazing book called Grief Works, Julia Samuel. And sh- this charity, they now, like, they take them away for weekends, they make short films, and they hang out with other kids who've been bereaved. And I didn't know any of like, it'd just be like to hang out with some other kids who are the same age as you. So, yeah, they feel awkward, and they look shit, and they're trying to talk to, you know, people they fancy, but they also have lost a parent. That must be, yeah, it's amazing that it exists now. So, obviously, you've talked to lots of people about this, so what have you kind of learned about what... What do you say to someone who's just lost someone very close, especially if, um, like Helen and I, we haven't lost a parent yet, so we don't know. I I lost mine for 24 hours. uh, (laughs) Helen, you're not in the club, okay? I'm sorry. I've dabbled. It's like like I kissed a girl. I'm not a lesser. All right? And I'm like a hardcore lesbian being like... No, unless no. you've really... Yeah. Unless you've licked yeah. the badge. Yeah. It, was, it was the Australian Outback. She did actually oh, think they were dead. So, so what happened dead. was that my parents, uh, they went driving in the Outback in a tiny little like, hatchback car and um, they they disappeared for 24 hours. Oh so there were like there was like eight police units, helicopters. We thought they were dead. My husband thought they were oh dead. Oh my God. He's, you told us, he was, her husband's looking at the map going, they've got no chance, Helen. <laughs> They're not going to make it. No, no, they're not going to make like it. Like it was, yeah. So, uh, thanks, so between, thanks so yeah. much. And honey. then he's like, "But look, the flights are cheap." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Going, I'm planning their funeral because yeah, like, they're old people. Like they're they're yeah. like 76 and 80, and their faces were all over the news. Oh my god! And like, oh, oh, be, yeah. So, but but you know, they're alive now. But it was a weird thing that I kind of went into the grief yeah, and yeah. was like, oh, she always loved that him, and and I started thinking the last time I saw them, what was the last <laughs> thing I said to them? Did I make them? Did I love them enough? You know, what, you know, like having an existential did you crisis. Then, did you then check, though, when you found we like, I was going to do this hymn, and your mum was like, what? Helen, <laughs> <laughs> no! I can roll! And I said, oh, and I, was, I want the best by Tina Turner. <laughs> I want private dancer. <laughs> Steamy windows. Yeah, Steamy windows, Helen. Start with that, end with private dancer. <laughs> yeah, so I had a bit of Kylie as I go down. <laughs> I'm spinning around. <laughs> Better the devil. You know. I should be so lucky. About that. Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, yes, you have. You have. Yeah. Have and also, upgrade. my dad's our roadie now. He drives us to shows, and we recently lost him for ten minutes in a service station outside Peterborough. So again, that's the same. You're in the club. You're oh, in the same. I like. I like the fact Ellie. Ellie yesterday did the eulogy. Was it your granny's funeral? I this, did. This I is did, current. Yeah. This is current. Thing, yeah. And she texts me saying, "I shouldn't have eaten eggs before I." Yeah. <laughs> Life le- today's life lesson don't eat lots of eggs for breakfast when you've got to give a speech at a funeral Ooh, yeah, that's what no. I learned were you yeah, a bit yeah. too oh I held it in yeah. <laughs> for, for my grandma <laughs> held it in for grandma um, oh. but yeah but so yeah so kind of what, what are the things so yeah it's. I mean obviously everybody's different and like I'm sure you have this as well like everyone's experience of motherhood is different but there's lots of similarities so everyone who experiences grief it will be different and also there's a big difference between sudden death and expected death so if someone literally gets a phone call saying so, they will be in shock. Is that what happened to you with your No, my dad, dad had cancer, okay. but for only like two months. Right. So 
So but if someone has cancer for a long time, so the moment you will find out someone has cancer, you will start grieving for them. So some, if someone's been ill for a very long time, their grief is obviously in a very different place. But I think the main thing is ask. Just talk about it. And if you get it wrong, just say sorry. So obviously I wouldn't leave with like, oh, your dad died. Mm. <laughs> like, but I think if someone says, it's just being sincere. Like, I'm really sorry to hear about your mum, your dad, are you okay? Is there anything I can do? Which also expect they will say no and then your responsibility is to do stuff without mm. being asked. I always think lasagna. Lasagna. Las- always lasagna. And I would honestly say, same rules for new baby. Like, yeah. if someone's had a new baby, don't come around the house with your fucking problems. No. Turn up with the lasagna. If someone's just lost their, one of their parents, turn up with lasagna, bring some tea bags, bring some milk so they can just add some biscuits because they will be bombarded with people coming around and you just need bis- so many biscuits in the house. Like an unbelievable amount of biscuits. <laughs> so get biscuits, especially if it's their English. And just ask about it. And again, if you see that they're uncomfortable or they're crying, that's okay. Let them cry. It doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. Like if someone's then... If that's the thing I think people go, oh, I don't want to be upset. But they are upset. Their parent mm. just died. It would be weird if they, you know, if they weren't feeling anything or if it seems like they're not feeling anything they're in shock so just and just keep checking in i think a big thing you can do now is text so just wake up in the morning hey just thinking of you anything funny that's not about is good so if you can send them like funny youtube funny meme something that made you laugh something that's going to distract them especially in the media aftermath first six months hey i saw this thought of you and not waiting for them to call you. They're not going to call you. They're going to mm. feel so isolated and shit and in, encased in grief. So if you can just be that person who's constantly, hey, just thinking of you. Oh, shit, data, it's really cold. Was thinking of you. Hey, did you see that stupid program? Just thinking of you. So they just know they're not alone because grief makes you feel alone. Mm. So that's the big thing. There isn't a right thing to say. It's just be persistent, <laughs> basically. Just offer the hand. like just yeah, yeah, just keep being like, I'm here. Mm. I'm here. And I think texts are really good because then if they, if they feel like not speaking, they don't have to mm. so you know mm. and another really cool thing to do is just make a note of the date so that in a year's time or at least remember it was april so in a year's time you can say to that person oh hey it's the anniversary coming up because anniversaries are such a big deal mm. in in the grief club <laughs> it's like a really cool thing we do which is we cry on the anniversary <laughs> and we feel shit so if you can just rem- if someone says to me oh yeah it's your dad's anniversary i feel like oh my god thank you like it's like if someone remembers your kid's birthday it's like oh you're oh my god you care about me mm. yeah just remembering stuff like that is is incredibly supportive and bring booze probably as well yeah. <laughs> yes awesome. baileys yes kalua all the things <laughs> lovely they're my favorites well there uh, we go oh that's well wrap that up yeah. in a box <laughs> shall we done here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Should we lighten the mood a little bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Sorry. Let's do some comedy. Comedy chat. Sorry. She's done a lot of comedy, Ellie. No, and I just like talking about death. <laughs> it's really no, bad. No, but, that's, but, that, but they're very similarly related because it's, it's all about pain. It's all about it's all about the awkward. It's all about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where the funny comes from. Definitely. Do you think you losing your dad so young had anything to do with you becoming a comedian? No, I actually think it stopped me for a long time. So, like I told you, I only do intense chats. <laughs> you feel already. She's hilarious. Yeah, like, I know people after a gig, they're like, oh, not what I expected. <laughs> no. No, it stopped me because it knocked my confidence so much. Because when you lose a parent young, like, you just feel like you can't rely on anything. Like, nothing makes sense anymore. So I didn't really get into comedy until I was, like, 27, 28. Mm. Kind of, and some, you know, you meet people like, I'm 21, I'm doing stand-up. And I was like, how did you know? That's, how did you have the confidence so yeah, it actually knocked me off course for about ten years, I think. So what was the what was the catalyst then in the end? What made you think, no, now now I'm gonna So do now it. I'm funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. So I went to uni with Sarah Pascoe. That's why I met her. And then we after we left uni, she moved in with me and my mum, which was hilarious. And she was always like so so determined and so we both wanted to be actors so she, she would go and she got us a job as tour guides on the London buses she got us a job as like honestly I just followed her <laughs> I'd like theatre and education because she was like we have to do performing jobs and then I would like slope off and do temping and then she literally said to me one day there's this thing called stand up and if you do it sometimes they give you five pounds <laughs> <laughs> and she was like where the fuck is this write yeah. this down Helen <laughs> Wait, hang on hang on <laughs> I've got an idea yeah. we were on the tube and she was like Oh, I went to a gig and she, she was dating a stand up and she was like they paid him £10 you know if you've got five gigs a week that's 50 quid <laughs> like that's enough that's enough because we were so fucking poor <laughs> living at my mum's house and she was like well that's what I'm going to do I'm going to do stand up and then she started and I for ages was like oh I can't do this and then I met a, a character comic called Pip Evans yeah and then when I saw that I was like oh I could do that I could be someone else can't be myself Ugh. Ugh. couldn't think anything worse and then how did you get in from that, from the £5 shows, <laughs> to telly? The, the peep show and the QIs I, and all of that. Yeah, I did an Edinburgh show. That was my big... So I was, like, temping full-time, gigging every night, and then I wrote an Edinburgh show, took it to Edinburgh, and then it, it just went nuts from there. And I got nominated for Best Newcomer. <laughs> yeah, so I just did all these stupid characters, basically. Yeah. But not as myself at all. And then improv was the other big thing. I was doing improv, and that kind of just was a nice way to do comedy with other people. So what's what have been the sort of what have been the highlights for you? What have been what are the bits you're most proud of or you've enjoyed the most? Oh, I didn't like do you, I I find it really hard to be proud of stuff. Well, you are English. Peep show because I was yeah. a massive fan. Mm. And it's like peep show. Have you noticed they don't really the other people in it are actor actors. Yeah, so they don't normally have 
comics in it. So when I did my my series, which was the last series, loads of the other actors had never seen it. So they were like, oh, yes, yeah, I like the script. And I was like, we're sitting next to Mark and Jeremy. Oh, my God. <laughs> and my first scene, I had to go into Jeremy's bedroom. Like, in my, and I, literally, I remember that episode, uh, yeah, yeah. I slammed the door and I was like, oh, my Jeremy's bedroom. <laughs> and then had to be like, oh, hey, Rob, yeah, I'm cool. But was not, no. And then when they were, you know, the scripts are so funny. Mm. Like, there's a, that one episode where it's like he has a terrible dinner party. <laughs> And we ha- we shot it all day, and I literally I dug my nails into my palms because I was laughing so much. Yeah, like I just had to cause myself pain because I was like I can't keep it together. It was they were just being so brilliant. Peep show was definitely a highlight. Aww. Yeah. So what's next? What are you doing now? What you got <laughs> coming up? What's what's the dream? I don't know. Like I had a pilot of a sketch show years ago, so I always wanted to do sketch shows, but they are not popular. So um, I am honestly, I know this sounds lame, but I am honestly so happy that my job is to do this whatever it is I worked so many shit jobs for so long that the fact that I now get paid to write something or go in and help someone write something or teach improv to someone or do an improv show and I get paid I still feel like what and you're and you're in an improv show at the moment I am in an improv show I do so there's two things in my life death and Jane Austen (laughs) I'm in an improv group called ostentatious and improvised Jane Austen novel well, just ostentatious for easiness. And we're currently in the West End doing once a month. And we literally improvise a Jane Austen story, completely made up every time. We're in full Regency gear and we have a violinist and cellist that improvise with us. Oh, my God. And it's like... It's like... It's that's a, actually talented, Ellie. Yeah, that's like... <laughs> really cool. talent. So it's like, like spoof Jane Austen, but you don't have to like Jane Austen. It's like a spoof period drama, basically. But is it a bit sweary and naughty as we, well? I mean, I... We, there we are. There's a lot of anachronistic jokes. Yeah. Last show I did take a Mr. Darcy character to Nando's. Stuff like that. <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, is it time for a game, HT? It is. It is, Ellie. So we've done comedy, we've done death, and now we're doing a game called Dead or Alive. <laughs> so I'm going to list some names and you have to buzz in whether you think they're dead or alive. Here yeah. we go. Mark Little, who played Joe Mangle. <laughs> that was yeah, Ellie. Alive. Correct. Yes. Yeah, right. I Joe Mangle will never die. We all know that. <laughs> Joe right. Henry. Someone the other day couldn't remember Henry. <gasps> What's wrong well, with that person? I mean, we don't speak of him now, do we? Hen- oh, no. What did he do? Did he do Hashtag so bad? me too. Check one, two. Check yourself. Yeah, exactly. Check your privilege more Fucking like. Yeah. yeah. Oh, isn't, Check isn't, out. Isn't yeah. it sad when you when it's one you like? Yeah, I know, isn't it? He it did write a song about building a house next door to a woman yeah. who was basically... Oh, I mean, that's Mona. extreme yeah. stalking. Mona! Yeah, build a house next door to you. Anyway. No one could get their towel trapped in a car like you could. <laughs> that was... I mean, that's... that's his legacy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I've you. just realised that his whole comedy was exposing himself and... Oh, my God. Now it all funny. makes sense. Yeah. That was horrible. That's the piece in the puzzle. Good. Craig McLaughlin chap. Done. All right, done. <laughs> yeah, we done good. that off. We haven't that. mentioned him on the podcast since the Miles Jupp episode, so I'm glad we've wheel has come full circle. You don't do it every week. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's a separate podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Gary Coleman, eh, dead. Correct. Yeah, oh, yeah. she's back oh, in the game. I was, Gary Oldman was going, <laughs> and I was like, no, no, that's no, wrong. And I couldn't get there. Yeah, yeah, no. Right. Sydney Poitier, eh, yeah. yeah, dead. So dead. Alive. That's amazing that he's still alive. What, yeah. a, what a man. What a man. Yeah. Love All right. that man. Anne Hattie, a.k.a. Hel- Helen Daniels. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, Ellie. Dead. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she's yeah. dead. Both, in both worlds. 
Yes. Both neighbours and real life. She's chosen quite an eclectic mix of people, <laughs> I say. Heavy on the neighbours. Yeah, three people from neighbours. No, and then it's just it's a it's fucking it. random, like you've gone through a phone, but you've gone through who's who and just put a fucking pin in it. Okay. So, when was the last time anyone mentioned Sydney Pratty? I don't know. Uh, Doris Day. <laughs> yeah? Dead. Alive? No. Literally alive. She's literally alive. How good is this game, listener? I'm gonna fucking Google that. <laughs> uh, Jerry Lewis. Eh. Yeah. Dead and also creepy, isn't he? Yes. One? Yeah. And glad he is because he said women aren't funny, so yeah. he can fucking. And didn't he marry a twelve-year-old? Yeah. There were signs very clearly. Yes. Yeah. I mean, not that we wish anyone dead, but for him, yes. <laughs> <laughs> not that we do, but. <laughs> Pedophiles yeah. <laughs> who are already dead, and therefore it makes no difference. What we their, their time has passed. Uh, we, I think I'll finish with this one. A guy called John Lee Bottom, who was the father of River Phoenix, is he alive or dead? That's so weird. <laughs> That's weird. Why have you picked that guy? His son is dead, and I thought it was a curveball. It's not light though, is it? Because you mentioned River Phoenix, which is a really depressing one. I think he's dead. Yeah, he is. Yeah, good. I'll get the point. What a what a finisher! Very weird game. Now, should we have a scummy mummy confessions to round us off? Uh, so I'm going to do I'm going to go first here. I've got a death related confession so up yesterday coffin oh right up I bet you just can't wait to hear more about death um, yesterday was my grandma's funeral she was 100 oh. so it was not a huge shock uh, <laughs> passing um, so we had the uh, the festival that's the wrong word <laughs> funeral yeah. you're not even yeah. drunk we all got wait. we all just got loads of MDMA yeah. and we just went to a field and put the prodigy on my dad's car stereo and just got fucked up it was Funerals amazing would be better at that happened. it's what she would have wanted it's, it's, what, it's what she wanted yeah. um, no but um, yeah we had, we, had, we had a good uh, it was a good service and we all you know people said things it was all very moving and then it was time to you know say goodbye so we didn't do the thing where the because like I'd seen them films where the coffin goes down someone yeah, presses a button yeah. if you can avoid that you yeah. can ask, no, sometimes you can have, I can tell you sometimes you have a curtain go around that's better so we got up to kind of leave and they were playing some lovely jazzy music that my grandma liked and my mum um, went up to the she said, I've, she said I've got to go and she just went up to the coffin and she just put a hand on the coffin in the end and, and just you know said love you grandma and, and came back and and I um, I was like, yeah, I've got to do that as well. So I just went and I put my hand. And as I put my hand, hadn't realised it was on casters. And, <laughs> oh, no. And just, there was just, luckily, it was just a little nudge. It was a little nudge. But for a moment, I yeah. honestly thought it was going to go. And I thought I was going to accidentally <laughs> oh. shove the coffin through the curtain. And I was like, oh, oh. And oh. I came back. And, and I, but Ellie's then. Ellie's decided to do the cremation herself. <laughs> <laughs> Very hands on. Ready, steady, burn. <laughs> but then you know what you're saying about funerals like being funny. So I'm yeah, already in this funny. heightened state of sort of stress and grief. Yeah. And like um, like you, my reaction often in a situation, Helen knows this very well, yes. is, is to, to laugh Make or to say joke. something yeah, dreadful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my mum was like, are you all right? And I was like, not really. <laughs> I just pushed the coffin and it moved. And my mum went, yeah, I did the same thing. <laughs> we started laughing, still in the fucking service in the oh, crematorium. So common, so um, common to laugh at the funeral. So it's, you are just so everything's so heightened and stressed yeah. that I think you go one. Either you bore your eyes out, or you think this is hilarious. Yeah. Come on, guys, this is very funny. Oh, I think yeah. that's that, hilarious. That happened at my granny's funeral. Was that 
my cousins, my male cousins, were all the what are they called? Paul bearers. Paul bearers. I've got two tall cousins and two short cousins. <laughs> right. Amazing. Right. And they <laughs> like short. <laughs> like knitting a knife. Oh god. And the short cousins went at the front, and the oh, tall no. cousins went out the back. Oh. And all we heard was they picked it up and it went. No. It's Granny's head hitting the end of the. Oh, just no. like cook. Oh, <laughs> and you can hear the like kind of shove. <laughs> Funny, you don't weird. know what to do. You no. don't know what to do. So sometimes you do the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah my husband at his granny's funeral, <clears throat> the Paul Bearers came in and him and his sister just, they'd been watching like Monty Python because they were <laughs> moving. Silly they walk. just suddenly thought, this looks like the silly walk and they just were crying and I think they got sent out. Yeah. They, were, they were a bit younger. Plan your funeral. That's the other thing we should have talked about. Yeah. And that, that's what I want to talk to like my mum and dad about. Yes, like, what do you yeah. want? What do you want? Yeah, get it written down. And the other massive thing, Tell someone your passwords. Oh, oh for your email accounts. Yeah, yeah. Social media and email. Mm. Because otherwise, the shit they have to deal with, you should have a folder on your computer for when I'm dead. Mm-hmm. With your passwords in, bank details, or at least just in a drawer somewhere. Because that shit, trying to close down people's Facebook when you mm. don't know. Yeah. Yeah, like all those stupid little things you don't think about. That's my top tip. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> top happy tip. Well, there we go. I mean, that's that's We've a covered. podcast, isn't it? We've done everything. So much. Death, um, neighbors, neighbors. <laughs> Death and neighbors. Hashtag me too. Hashtag I mean, <laughs> time's up. Hashtag Craig McLaughlin as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast, Carrie. So much for having me. Um, and anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, come see Ostentatious at the Savoy Theatre in London. If you go to ostentatiousimpro.com, you can find all the dates. Or listen to Griefcast on Acast. Uh, if you just type in Griefcast from where you get your podcasts, you'll find it. Yeah, and it's brilliant, isn't it? It's absolutely awesome. I highly recommend the Robert Webb and the Adam Buxton, Michelle Laurie. I mean, they're all... Oh, all the others are dreadful. All the other Those three. Shit. Uh, and our dear friend Jack is on it, and his is oh, awesome. Oh, yeah, Jack Rook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So listen to those yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, but listen to them good. all. They're all excellent. Yeah. Yes, and thank you for listening to this podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe if you like it. Yes, and our book is still in print, Ellie. So far, at the time of recording, <laughs> our book is still in print. Print. treat yourself yeah and uh, we're touring all around the country so come and see us we're up and down and all around yes and so yeah go to scammymummies.com for you know all the tickets and the dates and all that jazz mm. and that's is that it yeah follow us on the social media at scummy mummies I think that's about it Ellie. yes and thank you again iheartwines.co.uk for supplying the Prosecco did you like the Prosecco I'm so coming? drunk I can't tell you <laughs> she's, she's literally had a thimble until next time bye bye Angela Lansbury? Alive. Yes, he is. Yes, yes, yes. Here's your curveball. <laughs> Here's your curveball. I'll give you a curveball. <coughs> Bouncer from Neighbours. Oh. Surely dead. Dead. Well, carry out. <laughs> yes. Let me tell you, because we were told this by Stonefish himself. Well, Toadfish, Toadfish on the red carpet at the NTA. You yes. met Toadie? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Fucking hell. And the original Bouncer, yes, yes, is dead. But then they fucking brought Bouncer back. There's Bouncer too. There's like yeah. a new Bouncer who was with Toadfish when we met him on the carpet. It was possibly the best moment of anybody's life. You yeah. met Toadie? 
And Bouncer. Bouncer yeah. 2. That's incredible. Yeah. You're welcome. You must have been proud of that. Come on. I met Neil Morrissey. No. Not as good. <laughs> oh, my God. Not we as good as and Bouncer. Well, I don't celebrities. We're meeting, like, Joe Wicks, Mary mm. Berry, like, Eamon Holmes. And, and Dick. You know, and we're doing, Dick. We're doing all the things. And then we're having these meetings, and she's, like, showing off. because no, like, we're, her we're, we're like, Marlene Klaus and all that. Klaus. <laughs> and also Marlene Klaus. Marlene Klaus. Yes. <laughs> Such a nice lady. Yes. So smooth From and on time. So Austrian bands, high set. That's it. And we're having all these meetings, and she's like, oh, yeah, we interviewed loads of celebrities, like um, Neil Morrissey. And I'm like, for all the people we met, why do you keep saying Neil Morrissey? I feel like that's an Australian who thinks Neil Morrissey is, is a big, for us, yes. like, we'd be yeah, impressed. No, he's like, a big deal. I was like, yeah, have, you confused, have you gone confused with actual Morrissey? Yeah. Like, what is going oh, on? I mean, he's... He's lovely, but he won't. I think Toadie is more. Ex- <laughs> I'm more excited by Toadie. My mum still watches Neighbours. We like, had like Tom Jones, it. all sorts of people, and they're Tom like Jones. Yeah, Jones. yeah. Oh, I mean, he's no Neil Morrissey. <laughs> Obviously. Oh, Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.